Hello, Quick Drag listeners. Welcome back to our ongoing rollout of EW's exclusive interviews with the RuPaul's Drag Race Season 16 cast. We are moving right down the Tuckahoe County Flag Factory assembly line with more interviews in alphabetical order. Check out the full videos also on EW.com slash Drag Race and stay tuned to this episode for our next round of interviews with Megami and Maya Iman LePage. Hello, I am Joey Nolfi with Entertainment Weekly, broadcasting live from the Multiverse of Madness with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 16 today. And I promise you, whatever planet or dimension this next queen comes from, we all want to be living there, trust me. Uh, please welcome the lovely Megami. How are you? Hi, I'm great. You know, I'm having such a good time. Good. I am so I am so glad to hear that. Um, we're going to get into it all. I'm very excited <laughs> to see what you do on the season. I've been looking into you. It's been very fun researching you. Like, you're <laughs> online presence is just it's very delightful you're always showcasing very transformative looks and you describe yourself in your bio as new york city's thick latina cosplay goddess yeah uh those are very specific descriptors so why are those things most prominent and important for you to let the world know who you are first with the the cosplay like i literally started my drag career going to like uh new york comic con Mm -hmm. flame con things like all these cosplay conventions and i was always like i don't want to dress up as like the boy because like the girl characters are usually the better ones, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's really where I started in drag. So like geek culture and cosplay has always been a huge part and influence in everything that I do. And then I am, you know, a Puerto Rican girl from Brooklyn. So, you know, my Latina heritage is always important to incorporate into my drag. And, you know, I'm on this season representing for the thick girls out there. (laughs) No, we love to see that. And I do, I, looking into it, I did see that you started your drag career in the realm of cosplay. Um, After winning, is it the Gay Geeks of New York cosplay? Competition? Uh, yeah, that was like literally like eight years ago at this point. <laughs> this like a uh, local organization who does like uh, queer events for like geeks in New York. Yeah. Uh, we're like, hey, we're going to do this like little cosplay drag show. Uh, does anyone want to compete? And had never performed before. And I was like, you know what? I'll do it. Uh, I ended up winning it. And, you know, it's kind of snowballed from there. So um, thank you for only me onto the world, everyone. <laughs> the first crown of many to come. Truly. Uh, uh, so, what did you? I heard that you did like a really fierce lip sync for that. What did you? What did you do? Oh my god! It was like this unhinged, like eight minute mashup <laughs> of like every theme song, like the Sailor Moon theme song, oh the Pokemon gosh. theme song. Yes. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> I, I love that. Um, and maybe not a lip sync, but I did see you say as well in an interview that you know every single word to Tadekaru's "Simple and Clean," which oh, is. Of course. That is my favorite song of all time. I'm not even kidding. That is literally, that is queer geek culture. That is our our national anthem. Like, you have to know that song. (laughs) Um, Can you give us a rendition of it now? Can I put you on the spot if you know every single word? No. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't think we could pay for that either. Yeah. That was a trick trick question. No, there are so many pop cultural references in your drag. I mean, the cosplay goddess definitely comes out. Everything from Spice Girls to Barbie to Sailor Moon. And even, I think it was like a thoughty Bowser having a threesome (laughs) with Mario and Luigi. Yeah. Is that accurate? Well, it was, okay, so the character is called Bowsette. Oh, and And it's like this, this... 
internet creation that uh, became a meme like a few years ago of like, what if like Bowser was the princess uh, <laughs> instead of Peach? So I was like, I'm just gonna have fun with this. Like this is, it's stupid. It's like, you know, the kids love it. So let me do it. <laughs> so what's the storyline there then? If Bowsette is the princess, how do Mario and Luigi factor into that? Cause the photo that I saw was, was pretty uh, interesting. Um, it was actually like, a digital drag video and in the video it was like Bowser is in love with Mario but Mario's in love with Peach so Bowser okay. becomes Bowsette to like steal Mario away. Oh, so like there's like an actual like the drag element is incorporated into the narrative yeah. of the Oh my gosh, I love this. I'm a storyteller and mm -hmm. I'm like, I gotta I gotta give the kids what they want. Okay, so we just had the blockbuster Super Mario Brothers movie, where is the sequel with Bowsette? Truly, like, and, and I'm available, Hollywood. Uh, I will get strapped up into my uh, kink gear Bowser costume. <laughs> I never, that's a phrase I never thought I would hear in my life, kink gear Bowser costume, I love it. Uh, so, but where did these ideas, because you do so many of these different pop culture references, where do the ideas ideas for these creations come from? And what kind of personal spin do you put? Like, is there something like a criteria that a pop culture, something that you reference has to have before you sort of put the Megami spin on it? It just has to be something that like, I like. Cause I always feel like you do your best work and your best art when it's something you're passionate about. So if I'm like, I'm super into a video game, if I'm super into a comic book character or something that I'm like, it just makes it that much better because I'm like, this is something I'm passionate about. So I work twice as hard for it. Cosplayers also do have a very interesting reputation. I feel like there are people who just unfairly sort of like brush them off as like geeks in a bad way or, or nerds. But like, why is, is that, is geek culture is so important for you, like as a queer person, I think in particular. If you think cosplaying is just like g going to Party City and getting <laughs> a, a cheap little like nylon stretch costume, like it is not that. Like mm -hmm. cosplayers can make the impossible possible. Yeah. Like if you look up some of like these, the most amazing cosplayers, they become full on like technical engineers creating like light up costumes and moving part. It's like, it's it crazy. is it really insane. Is. Mm -hmm. I ho hope people like don't, can learn to not underestimate cosplayers because we can do anything. In terms of like queer culture, like there are a lot of geeky things that like really speak to queer people as being like outcasts, which is like another kind of geek in society. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of crossover. Mm -hmm. And you know, I really hope I can kind of represent like uh, where it meets in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what, how you bring that to the show too. It's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting. What what's the wildest cosplay thing that you have ever done? It's not a costume um, specifically, but uh, the wildest performance I ever did was this like ten minute uh, grand production of all three seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> and I, I made costumes for all the characters and myself, and I like you know, with a drag mix and different songs just wove a whole like narrative of like, this is the entire story. So before it was your eight minute lip sync that won the contest. Now we're in a 10 minute <laughs> Avatar <laughs> epic. So you are just like the Broadway cosplay. Tr epic. Truly, I, I love a huge <laughs> production number. I am like uh, living out my delusions of Broadway grandeur <laughs> through my drag. And you know, I will be 
director, costume designer, choreographer, everything. And it's not a delusion. Like, Jinx Monsoon's on Broadway. So, like, I mean, come on. True. It's not a delusion. Baby, I'm on Broadway hooking every night. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Give that a Tony. Yes. Um, so where do you think it gets freakier? Drag con or Comic Con? Probably Comic Con. <laughs> because, you know, drag people and queer people in general just, like, we care how we look and uh, and how we smell. Comic Con is like, uh, you know, some of these geeks, especially the straight ones, like don't know what soap is. So, like, girl, deodorant is like cheap. And some people <laughs> like that, so that yeah. does freakier and funkier at Comic Con. Yeah, no kink shaming. No, ki- no kink shaming. No, no kink shaming. But like freakier and funkier at Comic Con. Yeah, that's their new slogan. <laughs> You've also posted a few times about Sasha Velour being a main drag inspiration, and uh, another photo where you recreated one of. Sasha's looks and said in the caption it said gender is a construct so what comment I'm wondering do you make about gender in your drag with the style of drag that you do and how does uh, maybe your identity with gender influence your drag? I mean I think my drag in general is I like to be a chameleon. I like to be able to adapt to any situation to never be boxed into like, oh, she's just, you know, a fashion girl. She's like a a spooky girl. She's this, she's that. I'm like, I want to live my full experience as a human being, as an artist, and be able to go into any different area and just explore it. And like, that's kind of the magic of drag and uh, kind of the magic of being just a queer person in general. We're not like bound by the same rules that maybe society wants us to be. Mm-hmm. So I really love that about my drag. Yeah, I do too. No, I do too. And looking into it. Another thing that I love uh, that I found out about you, I saw in 2018, you posted a picture with Janice Dickinson and said <laughs> you got to perform for her yeah. that night. Please tell me about the reaction that from Janice Dickinson and meeting her because she is she's quite a character. Also, you have done your research because <laughs> that I was did. like deep in the archives. <laughs> One night I was guesting at a show um, in the West Village and it just like was the most, it was like a Wednesday night. It was like one o'clock in the morning. We're, do, we're doing halfway through the show. When she's waking up. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then the host is like, oh my God, Janice Dickinson is here. And I'm like, you're lying. Oh, it wasn't planned? Like she just No, she up. just like randomly showed up out of the mist, <laughs> like uh, appeared out of nowhere. And so it was kind of like, as someone who grew up like obsessed with America's Next Top Model, like getting to meet Janice Dickinson, and she was so lovely, was like, you know, one of my like high school dreams come true. Yeah. So like, drag gave me that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so did you get, you got to like hang out with her and stuff and? Oh uh, yeah, we we hung out a bit, we had a drink. Like it was a super cool experience oh. and I, I wish she would have met me now because like, you know, back then I was a little bit of a younger queen. And when I look at that picture, I'm like, all I can see is like, damn, my makeup is so much better now. (laughs) Do you remember anything particularly like funny or that happened with her that night or anything she said? The interaction I had with her, she was very nice. She was like, oh my God, you're, you know, you look so amazing your performance was so great like it was like pretty much that i'm like i'm not trying to you know write her coattails baby like uh i'm the celebrity here (laughs) yeah but i'm just saying like all in all if you have the stamp of approval from a judge on america's next time model like you're doing something right truly i'm asking some questions to everybody about this season um i've been giving some interesting answers so Mm -hmm. let's see what you say here uh what can you tease about 
the twists and the turns that are coming ahead on Drag Race because we know the twists are always coming. And yeah. what do you think is going to elevate season 16 beyond past seasons? For the twists and the turns, we are bringing some good old Drag Race classics back that, you know, the fans have kind of been asking for. But also, there's a few new ones. So, like, it's it's a good mix. Regardless of being on it, like, this is my favorite show of all time. I am, a, like, a internet goblin for this show <laughs> on the Reddit and everything. This is going to be a fan favorite season. Like, the cast is so amazing we literally all came out the gate gunning for this prize so like it is an intense season but also probably one of the best drag race has ever put on i say that as a as a fan and a, a redditor myself <laughs> <laughs> if a redditor is saying it truly you know it's gonna be good so i've been hearing some interesting things about the shadiness level of this cast, maybe more so than I have from other casts when I do these <laughs> interviews. So um, I think somebody called Don Evil, um, people have said that Plain Jane is also somebody to look out for in Untucked. Like, what's your read on Untucked and the shadiness level? Like, who's the evilest queen here? Whoever was doing their brujeria and casting <laughs> put together, like, one of the shadiest seasons. We're all shady in the best kind of way, yeah. where it's like Kiki's sister drag shade of like, I'm gonna read you and you're gonna read me, but we're gonna laugh about it. So I think that is like, Part of what makes this cast so amazing is that like, we're all big personalities and we all talk about each yeah. other, but like we, from day one, we're all making each other laugh. So it's like, it's not shady in a nasty kind of way. It's shady in the, the most fun way you can mm -hmm. possibly imagine. So on that note, who of this season needs the Mistress Isabel Brooks uh, drag delusion vaccine? <laughs> oh, I think we all need it. Like we all were like immediately day one, like, honey, give me the crown, give me the crown. I, I got, the, I won this already. What are you all doing here? So yeah, vaccines for everyone. <laughs> they were just pumping it through the air system outside. Oh, truly, like... they they vaporized it and now it's uh, it's airborne, so. <laughs> oh no, it's airborne. Is there anything else that you wanna add about season 16? Anything fans should look out for that you're most excited about? I mean, I'm excited about all of it. Like I can't wait to, to watch it myself because like it was such a fun experience getting to see how the sausage gets made, but also like participate in the sausage. <laughs> so like um it yeah, like this season's gonna be so much fun and I'm like I I literally cannot wait to see every single week. Same. I cannot wait to see either. I think that this is going to be such a good season. Thanks <laughs> largely in part to you. I really had fun. Me specifically, with you. Yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Can't Thank wait you for to see me. Of course. Can't wait to see what you do on the season and stay tuned for more with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race season 16. everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam where Wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam.
Hello, I'm Joey Nolfi with Entertainment Weekly, soaking up immaculate vibes with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 16, and it's largely due to the excellence seated next to me right now. Please give a welcome, as warm as the Miami weather she comes from, please welcome the queen of flips, Maya Iman LePage. How are you? I'm doing good, you? I'm doing great now that I'm in your presence. I mean, I've been telling her, I told her like nine times before the camera started, like how much I love this look, but I mean, look at the material. Thank you. She looks amazing. I need to just say thank you for gracing us with your presence, because you are one of the best live performers. Like just looking through your videos, I like my jaw was on the floor. Like that's just a fact, right? Like best one of the best performers. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Your Instagram handle is Queen of Flips. <laughs> and I have seen it used many times to describe you. And watching videos of you perform, I think it's very appropriate. Like if you want lessons on how to step your up, like watch Maya perform. I once saw you climb a literal like beam holding up a roof of like an outdoor pavilion, she dropped and then like caught herself with her legs on the same beam. How do you, like, how do you prepare to do that? I just go with the flow. I'm, I'm a risk taker, so I just do whatever. You just, I love that you just say, you're just like, I just do whatever. That's just whatever for me, like climbing a pole and catching myself, like, but it takes a lot of training, right? Or, or does it just like, it just came naturally to you? Um, it came naturally to me. I seen a pole during my show one day and I said, let me just try it. And I did it, it was a success and <laughs> I just kept doing it. We would not be sitting here if it was a failure, I'm assuming, <laughs> because it's very dangerous. Um, so are we claiming, do you claim the dancing diva of the season title? Yes. You definitely do, definitely. without hesitation. No hesitation. I love it, as you should, as you should. So do you, so you've never studied like dance or anything, right? No. Never? No. Wow, that is just natural talent. Yeah. What is the craziest dance move you think that you have ever done or attempted at a show? Flipping off of a car. A, a moving car? <laughs> yes. Well, it wasn't moving, but I flipped off it. Flipping off of a car, can you walk me through like what gave you the idea to do that and then the actual process of doing it? Um, it was actually my car, it was planned. Uh -huh. So during my show at the time, the place that I was working working at was closing down and we did like a big show. Everyone wanted to do something different. And I had the driver at the time, I, I told him when to come around. And when he came around, I hopped on the hood, got on top of the roof, and then I did a front flip over into a split. To the ground? Yes, on the <laughs> concrete. Is she going to jump from there? That's like all <laughs> I'm thinking. Oh my God, that's amazing. I Do you have any, you attempt a lot of daring things in, in drag. So do you have any like famous injury stories of like <laughs> trying to do this stuff? No, I've never been injured. Never? Honestly, no, never. What? Blessed. Very blessed. I mean, this is just, it, it's incredible. Um, but what I'm getting at is that the other gals should be very, very scared if they have to lip sync against you, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Again, said without hesitation. Um, so should they also be concerned about you coming for the Miss Congeniality title too, do you think? It can go either way. My, I'm, I have a big personality, but once I'm around new people, I kind of like have to feel the vibes out yeah. to see how everything is going to play out. So mm -hmm. that's kind of always been me. And how did the vibes play out when you got to season 16? <laughs> it took a while for me to open up. Mm -hmm. And I was struggling with showing my personality throughout yeah. the season. Why do you think that is? Do you think that there's, there's something that, that leads to that? For one, my seamstress screwed me over with oh, no. having some of my looks ready. So oh. I didn't want to go on the show smack talking and not able to back it up with yeah. my looks. Yeah, That definitely helped me back a lot too. 
Well, I know that, so you're based in Miami, yes. correct? Um, but where did the Maya experience start, like your drag journey? When I was 20 years old, my first gay mother at the time, she always complimented my cheeks. A lot of people thought I got my cheeks done, but these are Haitian cheeks. <laughs> and she always said she wanted to put me in drag. And when she put me in drag, I did my first show and I just fell in love with the off form. Yeah. And I've just been going and going. Uh -huh. It took me a while to become popular polished and once I gathered all the, inf the information that I needed to present myself in a nice way to the world I just kept going and that's where Queen of Flips was born mm -hmm. yeah I was gonna say who gave you that title did you give yourself that title no a guy at the place that I work at now at the palace he asked me my name and he said I need to come up with a name that's catchy mm -hmm. and he asked me what style of dancing I was doing what type of drag I do and I told him that I was a flipper and he said have you thought about Queen of Flips and I said well, that would be nice and mm -hmm. Queen of Flips was born what's the most number of flips you've ever done in one show 15 15 yes consecutively yes <laughs> Off a car? No. <laughs> no, that's off a bus. You have to do, in order to do 15 <laughs> flips in a row, that, you have to do it off a bus. Um, what, are, what are your main influences and inspirations in drag? Like what really gets you going on stage? The energy of the crowd, seeing the crowd, how happy they is to see a, a drag show. I don't know, I just, I just love performing. I've always been an entertainer growing up as a child. Mm -hmm. And this is just my life. My main inspiration is Beyonce. Mm. I love Beyonce. I love that she traveled and performed. That's the dream that I've always wanted to do. I've slightly been doing it, so hopefully mm -hmm. it'll be it'll more to come. Did you talk to Sphera about Beyonce? Because apparently Sphera went to church with Beyonce, <laughs> apparently when she was younger. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, she said she didn't keep in contact with her, so no, you wouldn't get anything out of that. Um, so you said you perform as a child. So you were like always in, like what kind of performances were, were you um, doing as a child? I was a, a, a street dancer mm -hmm. and I did hip hop, hardcore, booty shaking, like the, the real South, my, like the real South yeah. dancing. Uh -huh. So fashion wise, what what is your uh, approach to drag and your inspirations for fashion? My inspiration to fashion, I love to look glamorous. I love feathers. I love mm -hmm. stones, diamonds. I love, I mean, I love everything. I'm, I'm open with fashion yeah i don't just settle for one look or anything like that and she is a woman of her word because i mean everything she literally just said is on her at this very moment <laughs> including in the hair i mean the, the crystals in the hair it's just it's so good now i also noticed the iman in your name so were you was miss tamisha is she part of your drag family my first drag mother is jada iman she passed mm -hmm. away years ago mm -hmm. and so i kept the name and Tamisha Iman is my grandmother. So did you consult her before going on to Drag Race? Or like advice no, or anything? No, I should have. Does it run in the family though? Like the Tamisha vibes in Untucked? Yes. <laughs> before I can even finish the question, you're like, yes, absolutely. So, okay, so she did pass that down to you, the Untucked gene. Yes, definitely. <laughs> anything more you care to say about that? <laughs> I mean, Untucked is, is, is gonna be interesting. Mm -hmm. it's, it's fun. <laughs> you know, you're also close with Malaysia, correct? Yes. Malaysia Baby Doll Fox. So um, are you helping her and Mistress raise Sugar and Spice? I've met Sugar and Spice like, one time. Mm -hmm. They was nice. They was cool girls. We was in a club together, so we really couldn't, like, really vibe. <laughs> First time, I think, in history, the only reaction to Sugar and Spice has been, 
they were nice. <laughs> That's it. But no, that is, it's interesting that I think they are now in like Malaysia's drag family. I just think it's so funny. Like you never would in a million years thought like that Malaysia and Mistress would adopt those two. <laughs> it's, isn't it hilarious? Yes. Oh. Did Malaysia give you advice before Drag Race? She told me to be myself. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Think of, don't think of it as a competition. Just have fun and be myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm here, from what I'm hearing, you're giving good TV. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you do come from a background also that includes a lot of title victories. Um, so do you consider yourself like a quote unquote pageant girl? No. No? I like competing, but I don't mm-hmm. mind doing pageants and things when I'm like kind of bored, I guess, or not doing nothing. <laughs> but I'm most definitely a showgirl. I've always said that I'm a showgirl. Word to everyone out there. When you're bored, just do a pageant. You'll win. <laughs> and this is what you can become. This. So what is it? You said pretty quickly that you don't consider yourself a pageant queen. Like, do you find that pageant queens, like there's a certain connotation with that word that, uh, you know, makes you maybe sort of resist it a little bit? Back then when I started to do pageants, I was doing pageants because people wanted me to do it mm-hmm. because I, you know, have talent and yeah. talent plays a part in pageantry. So I kind of just did it just because. <laughs> I love her. And then I started to do pageants on my own. It's a big risk because yeah. the panels sometimes be rigged and you're spending a lot, a lot of money on these garments to yeah. get ready for the pageant all for them to say, oh, let's give it to our friend. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I really don't care for pageants. Did that world though teach you anything valuable before going on to like the biggest pageant on television, like Drag Race? It taught me how to be strong, mm-hmm. how to hold my own weight, to present a polished look, and to be myself. It's very easy for you to be yourself, <laughs> very much so. I really, I'm enjoying talking with you. I, You're part of one of the, like, I mean, doing all of these interviews, I have learned that this cast is like, this is a next level cast. So what is the dynamic like when you were all in the workroom together that first day? When I first walked in, a few of the girls knew who I were. Of course. So it was nice going in. You know, I, I was welcome with open arms. Mm-hmm. And the vibe was, it was, it was there until everyone got together. <laughs> yeah, a, a couple of your sisters have said that Untucked is going to be very interesting this season. I mean, I've heard some queens are evil. I have heard some queens are very, very shady. So it's, it's going to yeah. be, but it's all done with love, apparently, is right. what it said. It's like backstage at an actual show, like nothing malicious. But um, what can you tease about what we are going to see uh, in the season coming up in terms of like twists and turns that are coming? Because there's always a twist with Drag Race. Some of the challenges is, is definitely going to be a twist. So it's like new types of challenges. You think that'll surprise fans? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Interesting. I've been asking everybody if they had like a dose of the Mistress Isabel Brooks drag delusion vaccine. And if you had a vial of it and you could give it to any one of your sisters on the season, who would be getting that vaccine for you? Plain Jane. (laughs) Everybody, everybody is saying Plain Jane. (laughs) Why? Why are you saying this Plain Jane? Plain Jane is a character. She's a character. She's a handful, but I love her. She's uh-huh. she's a sweetheart. That's like literally everybody has had. They've been like, before I can finish the question, like plain Jane, they like do this thing and then they're like, mm-hmm, no, she's a character, but I love her. She's my sister. And you did the exact same thing. I love it. Is there anything else that you would like to tease about the season? Things that you're excited for fans to see? Some mood words maybe to describe what's coming up? There is an episode that I'm excited for the fans to see. It's, it shows something 
a different side of me that no one have ever saw. <laughs> so that is going to be something to see. Cannot wait to see what that is. Can't wait to see what you do on the rest of the season. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be excellent. And it's like, we never want a queen to lip sync, but like when it's Sasha Colby or Maya, like we kind of want to see you lip sync. Not going to lie. You know. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah, we're not going to get you in trouble. Um, but thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. It was really lovely to interview you and uh, stay tuned for more with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race season 16. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back soon with more from our season 16 queens. Up next, we have Mirage and Morphine Love Dion on our next episode. Until then, keep up with Quick Drag and our Drag Race coverage at EW.com slash Drag Race. And make sure to check back on our YouTube page as well for the videos of these interviews as they become available leading up to the premiere on January 5th. There's weather. Cloudy weather. Ooh, I love this podcast. <laughs>